Welcome back to the Kelly Truth Squad. I am William J. Kelly. And um, not to be confused with all the other William Kellys out there with with different middle initials that also do conservative radio shows out of Chicago. <laughs> anyway, how are you doing, Maureen? Oh, I'm doing very, very well. You know, I'll tell you something. We're going to need to get a paramedic who's going to be in studio. In fact, I recommend that we actually get a, uh, like a defibrillator sponsor, okay? Because the politics in Illinois is going to caused me to have a massive heart attack one day right here on the, on the on the show. Well, we better have one in the studio then. Yeah, I, I think so because uh, you know what really makes me angry? And this is nothing new. This goes back to the Greeks, the Romans, the Sumerians, you know what I mean? Uh, like uh, if you uh, if you ever studied, you know, the the uh, the, the the Greek history with uh, like Philip the Great. First of all, what why was why Philip the Great? Because his father was Philip the Great. You know what I mean? You don't need no super PAC when your father's Philip the Great. You're, 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 it's, a, it's a done deal, okay? So, what, uh, but, but in this day and age, well, first of all, in Chicago, it's all about who you know and nepotism insider deals. We all know that, right? Mm -hmm. But now we have these super PACs that are coming in and they're, uh, they're, they're, actually, they're actually causing, you know, in some cases, uh, harm, a lot of harm. And uh, I some think some of them do good and some of them don't. That's right. Depending on your pro political persuasion. Well, and, uh, you know, depending on your level of education uh, in terms, you know, in terms of these in terms of uh, what these various groups, who they are and what they actually represent, because they all have very misleading names or they all have names that sound good. You know what I mean? And uh, so like right like you would say, you know, campaign for primary accountability. Hmm. That's got to be good. Right. Well, no. In this case, it's terrible. What, what these people did is they actually came in and they interfered with a Republican primary uh, where you had two in, uh, well no you had yeah you had two incumbents, one longtime incumbent with a long track record of being a great conservative. Who am I speaking of? Don Manzullo. Yeah Manzullo was awesome. Yes. He still is. I, I'm going to start the uh, Don Manzullo for governor campaign, uh, a draft campaign. I'd vote for him. I want Don Manzullo to run for governor of the state of Illinois in 2014. I want to be the first one on record to actually say that. Mm, interesting. Uh, so uh, anyway, uh, what happened was Eric Cantor, he uh, has a, apparently a super PAC called Campaign for Primary Accountability. He came in with a lot of money and um, and campaigned essentially against our Don Manzullo in favor of uh, a um, a freshman congressman named um, Adam Kinzinger, Kinzinger, Adam mm -hmm. Kinzinger, mm -hmm. okay? And uh, and uh, and then from what I understand, they also had another pack. See, that's the other thing about these types of people is that they have multiple packs. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you don't know who the donors are and you don't really know who's behind them. And then they come in and they, they spend all this money and they uh, and they attack the the good candidate like Don Manzullo. The other pack was the Young Guns pack. Does that yeah. does well, that you know about? all these packs? I think Eric Cantor is is uh, <clears throat> is the House Minority Leader. I think the the real problem was what he was interfering in mm -hmm. a Republican primary. And these packs that he was involved with, they they're technically not his packs, hmm. but he's in, he's involved with them behind the scenes. And I think that's the problem. Okay, yeah. and um, and there's another. You know, this is to make it even more weird and confusing. Um, there was a another Illinois congressman named Aaron Schock, right. who was, uh, also, was involved. also involved in this. So he see, this is what I would say most people would be 
would take offense to if they understood it. He not not only did this uh, uh, Eric Cantor campaign for primary accountability pack interfere in a Republican primary, but another congressman from Illinois stuck his nose in this congressional race that was outside of his. He wasn't even this obviously was not even in his district. Wasn't his race. Aaron Schock. And apparently there's a big controversy about that, right. that he somehow uh, did not follow the, the, these, uh, these guidelines. That's correct. So um, we have somebody um, on the show today who I think, well, I know, has a much better handle on this. He's going to explain it to us and our listeners. And um, he's with Club for Growth. And this is um, now. This is this is. These are the good guys. These are the people. This is the heavy duty stuff. Yeah. This is. These are the real. These people uh, are the real deal. They know how to. Uh, you know how to how to. You know they're they're actually for the right things. Okay. Fiscal uh, accountability. Right. Um, and uh, and we have uh, somebody uh, today, Andy Roth. Andy, are, are you there? I am. Thanks hey. for having me. Hey, Andy. Thanks for being on the Truth Squad today. You bet. Um, so help us to uh, make sense of this. Um, you know, I, I wish that we could have somehow made uh, sense of this before the March 20 primary. But, um, but you know, to avoid this from ever happening again in Illinois or, or hopefully any other state, uh, what, is, uh, what, what exactly was Eric Cantor trying to do uh, by interfering in this Republican primary? Well, I think you set up the race uh, pretty well. It, it basically matched a liberal Republican against a conservative Republican. And traditionally in Republican primaries, uh, leadership stays out of the race because they don't want to be seen as playing favorites. Because if they start doing that, then the entire Republican conference, all every House Republican wonders if leadership's going to turn on them. Right. And so what... Cantor did in this race was um, nothing short of remarkable, mm-hmm. and um, it, it just it, it basically said that GOP leadership is actively going to defeat conservatives, um, and that's what he did in this race. Now, just to straighten out wow. some of the facts, just to straighten out some of the facts, the campaign for primary accountability is a pact that has nothing to do with Cantor. Um, they Cantor and Aaron Schock um, did contribute to um, the campaign for primary accountability. Okay, and they and they ran ads um, against Don Manzullo. So they only that put part, a bullet. They only put bullets in the gun. They don't actually own the gun. They just put the bullets in the gun. Well, no, they just paid for the bullets here. The the Young Guns Pack is uh, run by former staffers for Eric Cantor. Mm. And, um, but they, they have nothing to do with Eric Cantor, well. of course. That's that, that. That's the beauty of it. They, they're they're former staffers, but they have nothing to do with Eric Cantor. They don't uh, they don't actually collude with the with Eric Cantor in any of the wink wink nod nod. Uh, right, correct. That's um, what that's so, what the average person loves about politics. You know the uh, the wink wink nod nod. Uh, you know that that I'm telling you, you know, Andy, this is this is making me more angry by the second. So what you're telling me is that this uh, era, that these former Eric Cantor staffers, they're specifically targeting conservative incumbents. Correct. Uh, I mean, this this race is one particular instance. Uh, another, and this will really uh, drive you over the cliff. Um, in uh, next-door neighbor Indiana, we just had a, a primary there for the Senate, 
where a longtime um, liberal Republican um, senator, Dick Luger, went up against conservative Richard Murdoch. Sure. The, the Young Guns PAC um, sent out mailers um, bashing Richard Murdoch for making the conservative argument that the Department of Education should uh, be closed up and allow education to work at the state level. And here's the worst part. The Young Guns pack in this mailer condemned Murdoch for being conservative and urged Democrats to vote for ah. Dick Luger. So uh, it's really remarkable that GOP leadership is telling liberal de- Democrats to support a liberal Republican against a conservative. Well, you know, you really have to ask yourself, what is the real agenda here? Because if the goal, if their goal, if Eric Cantor's goal, um, if uh, if Aaron Schock's goal is to run conservatives out of the Republican Party, what are we going to tell our voters or our donors, the Republican, you know, uh, primary voters? Hey, vote for us because we're uh, identi- we're carbon copies of the Democrats. Is that the message that uh, that gets uh, that riles up the the Republican base? I don't think so. Yeah, no. I mean, we spent uh, 2000 to 2006 growing the government. Republicans did uh, during the Bush administration, and we lost the House, and we lost the Congress, and we lost the White House uh, because of that. And if we're ever going to regain the majority in the Senate and in the White House. Uh, I think that we could be in trouble simply because uh, I don't think leadership has learned the lessons of the, over the last few years. Right. So um, I think that conservatives should hope for a Republican um, Congress and a Republican White House, but we shouldn't believe that once we get that, uh, everything's going to be hunky-dory. Right. I think that um, uh, conservatives have a lot of work cut out for them, and, and this is only the beginning. Now, so does Club for Growth also get involved in uh, U.S. Senate races? Yes, we got involved uh, with Richard Murdoch in Indiana. Mm. He won by over 20 points. And, sure. Uh, I, think, I think he's going to be a shoe-in in the general election. Um, we're also involved um, with Mark Newman in Wisconsin, Josh Mandel in Ohio, uh, Jeff Flake in Arizona. There's, nice. there's a lot of uh, great opportunities to put uh, conservatives in, in the Senate and to follow the the great um, rock stars that went there last year, like Rand Paul and Mike Lee and Pat Toomey and Marco Rubio. So the Senate's actually looking good, and I, I hope we can keep things up. You know, we had a great interview with uh, Richard Murdoch, uh, and uh, he's he, he really is—I uh, I really like him a lot. He, he's a very affable person, and he's very conservative and very affable, and, and um, I would love to obviously see a conservative— Republican candidate for U.S. Senate in Illinois against Dick Durbin uh, in 2014. Uh, that would be a huge uh, step forward for the state of Illinois. You know, the problem with, I know, the Republican leaders in Illinois is that they, um, you know, I, I don't know if it's because they are the single, you know, I call it the eternal question. I don't know if they're the single worst political operatives in the history of the world or if they're actually doing it on purpose. But they think that the way to win is to say, hey, look, we have a Republican candidate that is a virtual carbon copy of the Democrat candidate. Um, I believe that the way to win in Illinois or any other state is to say, here, we have an alternative to the Democrat candidate. Uh, What do you think, Andy? 
Yeah, I, I completely agree, and and I'm kind of optimistic in that regard for a couple of reasons. Um, maybe not specifically about Illinois, but states like Illinois, I think that there's a lot of opportunity, and I think that all hope is not lost. I right. mean, just look at Texas; it's the most conservative, one of the most conservative states in the union. But just 20 years ago, it was completely Democrat. It was sure. LBJ Democrat, and now it's it's really conservative. Mm-hmm. Um, and and we've got Ted Cruz who's running for the Senate down in Texas. That's another candidate we've endorsed, and he's going to be uh, fantastic if he gets elected. Second is at the Club for Growth, we interview dozens and dozens of um, candidates for Congress every year. And a few years ago, um, it was pretty easy to. Um, to find liberal Republicans walking into our door asking for our endorsement, <laughs> we politely said no. Now you've got people that you never thought you would see running for office. These are the small, small businessmen, the, the people that have never been in office before. Sure. They're just so absolutely angry with what's going on at the state level, what's going on at the federal level, every level of government. People and who actually have business experience, huh? Yeah. People yeah. have actually and, worked, and a day, you know, actually worked the, in the private sector. And they've got the the conservative um, DNA that uh, Illinois needs and other states that have long been held hostage by liberals. Sure enough. Now, here's a question, um, and you're doing great, and thank you for what you're doing with Club for Growth, Andy, okay? But, yeah. you know, maybe what we need to do is take it the, you know, bump this up a notch. If Cantor's going to go out Again, you know, go actually go after our guys. It's kind of like, you know, that, that great line from the movie The Untouchables. What are you prepared to do? What are you prepared to do, Andy? Uh, should we run a conservative against Eric Cantor and run <laughs> well, him out of the Republican Party? Well, immediately after the Kinzinger-Manzullo race, we wrote a letter, a public letter, an open letter, to Cantor saying that if they got involved in uh, – a race down in Arizona, there were rumors that they may get involved, then we would actively get involved on the other side of that. So we we drew a line in the sand and says, you can't do this anymore, Eric Cantor. However, there is a race in North Carolina. The, now, there's no incumbent right. there. So it's not like the Kinzinger-Manzullo race. But in North Carolina's 8th District, there's a former congressional staffer who was buddies with leadership back in the day, and he's now running for Congress. And we don't think that he's going to be a conservative. But his opponent, Scott Cadle, a dentist, is a true rock star conservative. And and we're in that race. And this is a cancer versus the movement um, house race. And we're really excited about it. And that's going to – the runoff is going to be next month, and we're looking forward to winning that one. Now, wait a second. Now, who – so I'd like to have your candidate on the show. I'd like to. I don't know if he does any fundraising out of state. I'd like to have him uh, to Chicago. We have, uh, you know, the Chicago Republican Organization. It's a a startup. What can I tell you? You know, we're looking for some uh, venture capital, and uh, we're going to try to make this thing – we're going to try to make democracy in Chicago – uh, you know, a viable option here. But uh, but we'd like to, you know, we do have some people who want to support it, and we'd like to uh, we'd like to bring your candidate in for maybe a boat cruise or something and raise some money for him. Well, yeah, his name is Scott Cadle. The last name is K-E-A-D-L-E. He's a dentist um, out of North Carolina. And uh, like I said, we've interviewed dozens of candidates every year, and when he came into our office, he literally knocked our socks off. He understood economics. He understood 
what the proper role of government is, which is very limited. And uh, we just think he'd be great if he were elected to Congress, as, as opposed to his opponent, who has been a Washington insider for years and years and years. Yeah. And he's trying and he's trying to portray himself to the voters in North Carolina that he's a, the real conservative in the race. So it's providing a nice, stark contrast that I think a lot of people would be interested in. Okay, Maureen, put this on the list. Let's get Scott to Chicago for a fundraiser, number one. Okay? Uh, two, uh, Eric Cantor, does he does he have a Democrat opponent, or do the Democrats just uh, fund him at this point? Well, actually, um, he does have a Republican um, opponent. Really? I'm not familiar with his name. You know, the the tough thing about our job here at the Club for Growth is that it's very easy to find um, the liberal Republicans oh. to target. Uh, what's difficult is finding the credible um, challenger who's got the, the, like I said, that conservative DNA. Sure enough. Who's got the who's got the viability to go up against uh, uh, an incumbent. Hey, Andy, I'm going to guess what? Um, I, I'm not a former staffer of Club for Growth. Let me just go on the record of saying that right now. But uh, I'm, uh, I'm, I think I might just go to work on a couple of things here. Maureen, write this down. No, we're, we're not just going to report the news anymore. We're making news. Let's get busy. Um, Eric Cantor, who's his Republican opponent? I want him on the show next week, and I want to raise some money for him. Okay. Yeah, her. his name is Floyd Bain. Floyd um, Bain. I, what can I you tell me about Floyd? I I don't know much about Floyd actually. Then that's my point. Okay. That, you know that there are a lot of people uh -uh. that um, run for office who aren't able to raise any money at all. So I don't know how viable his campaign is, if if at all. Uh, but he is on the ballot and he is registered as a Republican. Okay. Well, I'm going to tell you something right now. Uh, Floyd is going to is going to make so, is going to. Uh, uh, raise some money this week. We're on it. Um, now, here's the here's our next target. This guy, uh, Aaron Schock in Illinois. Um, yeah. What can you tell me about him? He's a very liberal Republican. Uh, I mean, the reason why he decided to go in uh, with Kinzinger is because they're two peas out of the same pod. Um, hmm. Schock, uh, on our scorecard, the Club for Growth has a scorecard, um, and he got only a 44% on that, which is a flunking grade um, for anybody, even wow, a Democrat. Wow, that's really devastating. That's, that's really yeah. something. Um, and, and what's unfortunate is that Shock is, is a young guy. He's in his early 30s, as is Kinzinger. So they're trying to portray themselves as like the next generation of Republicans in Illinois. And I think that's just an absolute awful um, way to um, re-energize the GOP. <laughs> okay, so uh, I'll tell you what. Um, we've got uh, Cantor on our hit list. We've got, um, obviously, a, a great candidate in North Dakota um, that we're going to be uh, supporting. And we've got Aaron Schock on our hit list. Hey, Maureen, now, isn't there some type of a scandal going on with uh, Aaron Schock and the way he uh, got involved with... Uh, this Kinzinger race, well, isn't there some financial oh, mis well, yeah, uh, misrepresentation? There, there has been a uh, federal election complaint uh, uh, made against his campaign. I don't know what, uh, what against him for his involvement in the fundraising uh, the, the fundraising solicitation to Eric Cantor. I don't know what the status of that is, though, but there's been other issues as well about the way he's been spending his campaign funds on uh, PX90 uh, fitness tapes and trips to Spain and high-end hotels, and, and there's been a lot of controversy about that as well. well well, I, I, I can speak to some detail on that first part. Uh, with regard to the FEC lawsuit, um, Shock basically admitted to his crime 
um, in the press. Uh, he said that um, he wanted to support Kinzinger against Manzullo, and he wanted Cantor's help. So he went to Cantor and said, Cantor, please give $25,000 to campaign for primary accountability. And right there he broke the law because as a lawmaker you can solicit funds for a group like CPA, but you can't solicit for more than five thousand dollars. He mm-hmm. solicited for twenty five thousand right. dollars, and he said that in in the press. Uh, so immediately, um, a watchdog, good government group, um, filed a lawsuit against Shock with the FEC, and that's pending as we speak. And uh, Cantor doesn't that that pulls him in as well because he's the one who was solicited, right? Well. The, now I now I uh, raise up my right hand and say I'm, oh, I'm a oh, okay. lawyer, so I can't speak intelligently about whether that that uh, indicts him as well. But don't worry, Andy, we I, are going to get to the bottom of I that. Know, he hasn't been hit with any lawsuit. Okay. But uh, what what really is behind the move though with Cantor and Shock and these people targeting conservatives? I mean, what what is the what's the big agenda? And if they're not going to do it through you know, through super PACs, what? You know, what's the next phase of it? Where, what are we gonna? What do you think we're gonna be seeing? What kind of maneuvers are, are they gonna be taking that you guys are on the lookout for? Well, I mean, they're they're clearly doing it because conservatives have have um, impeded leadership's ability to pass large spending bills and large government bills with the the liberal Democrats. You saw that with the debt deal last year. You saw it earlier this year with the highway bill, and you're gonna see it again maybe this year with the farm bill. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so their their main act, yeah. the, it's not, so their main problem with the the Manzulos the conservatives is that they are against redistribution of wealth or that they're is it is it does it even go deeper than that is it uh, is it fundamental like values uh, I, uh, you know social values or is it is it primarily just that they're <laughs> that, that the conservatives are against redistribution of wealth Obamacare. Exactly. Well, what, what we've been saying here at the Club for Growth is that uh, liberal Democrats want to take this country over the cliff at 50 miles per hour. GOP leadership wants to do the same thing, but only at 25 miles per hour. <laughs> Conservatives would prefer not to go over the cliff at all. Um, and I think that le- GOP leadership just does not understand the urgency and the need for us to stop this economic slide. Um, that Obama is is perpetuating. What do uh, Kinzinger um, and uh, Shock get out of it? I mean, what's the pitch from leadership to to them when they come in? They don't do they start out as liberal Republicans, or does leadership come in and say, "Hey, you know, you support this, we do this for you"? What do they get out no, of it? Well, well, Shock is uh, just a sophomore um, legislator. He got yeah. elected in 2000 and, uh, uh, 2008, and then he got reelected in 2010. Kinzinger got elected in 2010, so they're really young guys. And immediately once they got elected, they went to leadership and said, basically, how can I help? And leadership has co-opted <laughs> them from day one. And, and when Kinzinger got in trouble, shock and leadership said, well, we've got your back because you aren't like these um, rock star conservatives who are screwing with uh, what we're trying to do with. Uh, the agenda. So they, they 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 lock arms and they they do whatever they can to protect. Okay, them. translation, Maureen. Let me may I translate that for you? What Andy just said there? Yes. Okay, translation. They have no core values. They want job security benefits. Okay. 
They want pension. They they want they want the goodies. Okay, so they're willing to sell out the Republican Party platform, the uh, the uh, Republican primary voters, the people that actually contributed money to their campaign in most in many cases, uh, for their own. Uh, comfort and security. They're willing to sell out their country. They're willing to sell out the people that uh, that fought and died for our freedom. They're willing to sell out, in many cases, their own religious beliefs and convictions, the, the religious freedom and liberty uh, that would be lost as a result of Obama's uh, Obamacare and redistribution of wealth, okay? They're sellouts. And for what? Okay? For what? Um, Andy, did was that a good translation, or did uh, do I... No, you, you got it about exactly right. I, yeah. I would urge your listeners uh, to do one thing, and that's to um, follow the voting records of Ken Zinger and Schock and, and, and every other member uh, of the House delegation in Illinois. Does Club and for Growth call, have— Follow them to the mat um, when they vote the, the wrong way, and, and it appears that they vote the wrong way quite often. Does uh, Club for Growth have a, um, uh, have a website or a way that we can do that? Yeah, you can go to clubforgrowth.org. Uh, we've got our scorecards listed there. Um, you can see how um, how Kinzinger did, how Shock did. Um, Joe Walsh in the 8th District of Illinois has the best record mm-hmm. uh, from the Illinois delegation on our scorecard. He received a 99%. Don Manzullo got an 85%. And then after that, it kind of drops off. Okay. Well, that's interesting. Um, now, there have been some rep- reports and, you know, that we've heard from people saying that, uh, that unions in Illinois crossed over at the behest of some of the rhino sellout Republicans to support Kinzinger. Have you heard anything of, the, of that nature coming out of Illinois? Because that's what we've been hearing from a lot of Tea Party people, that, uh, that some of the rhinos that are on the payroll of— you know these uh, Obama bundlers. That, I don't know if you. I don't know if you know just how bad it is in Illinois. Yeah. But um, <laughs> well, but we've heard. Do. Yeah, we're, you know, what we've been told by some some Tea Party people, and you know, I don't know if you've heard the same. Obviously, we're trying to can you know uh, uh, make sure that everything is 100% verified. Is that uh, at the behest of some of the Republicans, uh, they got they were able to get unions union voters to cross over to support Kinzinger over. Uh, Manzulo, uh, it's uh, have you heard that? And it seems to kind of follow a pattern of uh, what you uh, what you've heard about uh, what happened in Indiana. What happened in Indiana? Right, uh, I, I had not heard that, but it doesn't surprise me uh, mm. because again, if you look at their voting records, it, it, it explains a lot. Before uh, I came on to your show today, I looked at Kinzinger's voting record just to refresh my memory. And uh, he supported, um, well, actually, I should say he opposed uh, a conservative amendment that would have struck funding for the National Labor Relations Board. That's the NLRB that, under Obama's watch, has just totally overstepped their bounds uh, when it comes to siding with labor unions. And he also voted to keep Davis-Bacon wage requirements. I don't know if your listeners are familiar with that, but basically uh, whenever the government spends money at the local level, whether it's to build roads or do something like that, there's they pay higher than market wages to labor unions for that work when they don't have to. So they're wasting tax dollars doing so. Unbelievable. And Kinzinger supported that. Unbelievable. So, there's, so when it comes to supporting labor unions, Kinzinger's got a voting record that shows that.
Well, you know, and I guess it really just goes to show, you know, when Maureen was saying, you know, how do these people, uh, you know, how is it that, uh, that, you know, why do does a Kinzinger, for example, uh, sell out a fellow uh, Republican or sell out a Republican or a conservative value or, or belief? Um, you know, it, it, sometimes it's in a vote like that that uh, that uh, that they that they tip their hand. And that yeah. uh, that's, that the people who are really paying attention, like yourself, Andy, <laughs> thank you. Um, you know, the people who are really paying attention are like are able to say, aha. Okay, now we see. Now, now all. Now, uh, you know, uh, we connected. The, now we can connect the dots on on why these people are are uh, you know these Kinzingers are laying in wait in the Congress or in the Senate, waiting for that. That's the payback. That's what. Uh, that's why they're there. And uh, you know, um, I, I can honestly tell you something, Andy. You know, following the. The political situation in Illinois, the 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 corruption, the idiots, the cowards. Um, I can understand, or or you know, as a Christian, I can forgive. But the one thing I can't understand or forgive, you know, is uh, is the traitors, and uh, those are those are the ones that uh, we have to go after. Okay, um, all evil needs to succeed is for good people to do nothing, and and uh, we, uh, you know, and you know, <laughs> if good people do nothing, are they are they good? Yeah, I don't think so. I think you need to do something if you if you hope if you claim to be good. So uh, we're I appreciate what you're doing, Andy, with Club for Growth. Um, I'm very excited to announce Kelly Truth Squad TV coming soon to a national cable network. Go to kellytruthsquad.com to find out uh, where you can watch Kelly Truth Squad TV, KTS TV. And uh, Andy, I hope that you'll be a guest on Truth Squad TV. And and you're welcome back on uh, Truth Squad Radio. We can review anytime. That's great. I'd be happy to help any way I can. Thanks uh. for what you do. Thank you, brother. Uh, we'll talk to you again real soon, and we will be back with more Truth Squad after this. Right on, America. More with the Kelly Truth Squad coming your way next. If you need the latest news and opinion... Look no further than veteran political blogger Warner Todd Houston. You know him from his work on Red State, Breitbart.com, his local political blog, The Chicago Now, and Publius Forum, and as the co-host of the Kelly Truth Squad every week. Now Warner Todd Houston has a new political blog you need to know for local political news in Chicago and Illinois at PrairieStateReporter.com. When you need news you can rely on without the dirty political spin, visit PrairieStateReporter.com now.